Hey guys, welcome to the Every Plant Story podcast. My name is Shane. I'm the founder and CEO of Gabriella Plants, and today's podcast will probably be a little bit different. Uh, we part of the goal of the Every Plant Story podcast from the beginning has been to highlight some of the stories that I feel aren't always the stories that get enough attention in the plant community. I mean, some of that is other growers, um, particularly ones that supply things on like the wholesale end of the nurseries. Um, Those people are seasoned growers, a lot of them much older than myself or the team here at Gabriella Plants, since we're a very young by average company on the age spectrum. Uh, But today I just wanted, um, so the goal of the podcast though, not before I get ahead of myself, the goal of the podcast was to be able to share lots of different stories, Um, not necessarily to make this podcast, although it's produced by Gabriella Plants and features plenty of people from Gabriella Plants, the company. It's also meant to kind of be something bigger and a platform where we can share more stories than even the stories that we share as part of who we are. That all being said, um, we've been able to have some fantastic guests on the show so far. Uh, If you haven't already, definitely go back and check out the uh, first episode with Brett of our first season. Brett is our head grower at Gabriella Plants. I do know there's some videos that I saw today that they shot this week at Gabriella uh, with Brett just kind of showing off some of the new things he's working on and where we have constructed entirely new benches. For those of you who haven't been following the Gabriella plant story, um, when I took over uh, my dad's wholesale business, there was a sizable chunk of the space in the back of our primary greenhouse um, that didn't have any benches in it. My dad would always grow hanging basket ferns, and that kind of blocked out a light. So like we said, I think in a podcast before, um, we've been making great progress and really, I mean, great time too moving right ahead and creating more benches. So I'm excited for you to see that video. But um, all in all, we don't have a guest for this week. It's been great having a lot of other guests. Like I mentioned, the bread episode, you're also definitely going to want to go check out the at plants.n, the letter n, dot things episode. Georgia Wilson's been a friend of Gabriella and a friend of the plant community for a very long time. And I would be remiss if I didn't say that her paperback book that she did talk about is now available for sale on her website or a pre-order, I believe. Um, So you're definitely going to want to go get in that. Show your love, show your support to the people in the plant community that make this plant community as great as it is. And I mean, it it truly is great. And I'm honored to be able to be a voice uh, currently in your ears right now, um, but also be able to that our company and our mission as a company is to grow and ship as many plants as we can. Um, at its core, everything we do comes back to those two basic principles. Now, we have all kinds of things that are ways we are building tools or hardware or, um, you know, the structures in place, um, how the software we use to, you know, manage and ship orders, all those kinds of things. Um, There's tons of different strategies in various ways we go about accomplishing it. But at the end of the day, we all are all on the same mission. We are all on the same mission, kind of rolled that there, but we're all on the same mission for the simple purpose of growing and shipping more plants. And although we do a lot of different roles and a lot of different jobs, um, as we continue to advance in the ways 
um, that we can make what we do better and more efficient and do that not only to benefit ourselves and help our mission of growing and shipping more plants, but my hope is that in the process of us creating the tools we feel that we need to be able to be better growers, that those are also tools that other growers would need. So hopefully we can all be better growers by the end of this. Uh, bringing it back though, so that as you can kind of tell by now, there is no co-host for this podcast. I'm actually recording this particular podcast back at my house. Now we have some amazing guests lined up over the next couple weeks to come, um, including the people behind uh, our logo for the Every Plant Has a Story, which I think is when I first saw it, um, after kind of pitching them the idea of what I wanted this podcast and what, you know, our every plant has a story nursery stakes that contain information about uh, the plant and how it was planted and who planted it and, you know, begins to tell every plant story. Um, he kind of took that and uh, the two of them, Danger Brain, came back and, and what they came back with was way better uh, than I could have ever anticipated. So I'm super excited to talk to them soon as well. We also have a number of other wholesale growers or, or people, uh, parts of various parts of the industry that most, um, well, certainly not most of the plant community. And um, yeah, just they don't op- often get a chance to be recognized for the role that they play. Um, and they also have a unique pers- perspective that isn't a grower or a nursery um, and is also not a consumer either. You know, they kind of have that weird extra perspective there. So going to have a lot of cool people on the podcast. The rest of this podcast, though, I really just kind of wanted to roll through um, some questions uh, that I had gotten on our Gabriella Plants Instagram. Obviously, kind of what I was alluding to earlier, this is a podcast produced by Gabriella Plants. I'm obviously the founder of it. Um, the goal of the podcast typically is is to tell all kinds of stories, and a lot of those stories are not going to be stories uh, about Gabriella plants necessarily, but for today, uh, and I want to make sure we're getting you guys weekly content. And there's been a lot of requests in our "Every Plant Has a Story" or "Every Plant Story" Facebook group, which I'll put in the show notes beneath this episode. Uh, but we've had a lot of questions in there, and oftentimes uh, they kind of reflect questions that we get asked at Gabriella Plants a lot, and that's totally understandable. So what I a couple weeks ago, I do this probably maybe once every six weeks, I, I maybe once a month, I started an Instagram Ask Me Anything, and uh, I thought I did a pretty good job. I covered, I think it was 17 stories that I answered, uh, but the truth is there was over 217, I believe, different questions. Um, so I obviously didn't get a chance to answer all of them, and a few of them, quite honestly, are going to get answered in a verbal way, a lot easier than it is to fit on the text of a Instagram story. Uh, So without further ado, I'm going to start kind of uh, reading down this list of questions that were submitted questions from customers or followers of Gabriella Plants um, about operations or or questions about um, my perspective or thoughts on specific parts of our industry. So I hope you will enjoy this kind of Q&A uh, format. And for sure, next week, we will have um, a very, very special guest. And we will most likely drop the hint on who that will be in that Facebook group that I mentioned. So without further ado, here is the questions from the Instagram Ask Me Anything. 
All right. So the first question here says, uh, well, this is obviously a, a very common one. When will we have more Rio or Gabby? So what they're talking about are two philodendron heteracium, uh, I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Brett will probably shake his head when he hears this. But uh, those are those particular heart-shaped philodendrons have, and I've written about this, there is a full-length um, kind of like article that I wrote a long time ago that you can find online. But basically, the naturally observed mutational state of that particular uh, type of philodendron is to add cream uh, as a color in variegation as well uh, as some of them add a silver color. Uh, Rio is patent pending. We submitted the application for Rio. Both of them have been um, selectively cultivated to the point that now instead of it being a fluke, um, they for the most part grow stably with those variegations. Now Rio is far more stable than Gabby is. Gabby would still in my mind be called more of a sport in the sense it is a cultivar because we have cultivated it, um, but it behaves more um, unruly. It doesn't follow the exact same um, consistency patterns that you see in Rio. And the main uh, consistent thing in Rio that is important to remember is that Rio has silver as its centermost variegation color. And that is the unique thing that only Rio can say about itself. Uh, so hopefully that answers, well, that actually doesn't answer your question because you asked when. Um, so going to when, uh, we will have far more in 2021 Rio that we are able to sell than we will Gabby. Gabby is far slower of a grower and given its m higher tendency um, to mutate further, um, it is difficult to maintain healthy growth on an entirely cream leaf, although we do it fairly regularly at Gabriella. Um, but to do that and then trim it and propagate it and get it to hold that is also tricky. Um, it's also how we know it's a Gabby, um, because for the most part, if done correctly, um, they do hold their variegation. It just takes a lot of precision to propagate and the cuttings because of the lack of chlorophyll on a Gabby with all the cream, um, it really slows down the growth cycle just of the plant in general. So we will get three times the number of cuttings per stem um, from a Rio parent plant than we will from a Gabby in the same time frame. That being said, as far as the timing, uh, Gabby's are first real production production batch. Uh, should be ready. I mean, they take their sweet time, but we should have around 140, which will not be enough. Um, I would expect or be comfortable sharing with you guys, the listeners, that we probably will get 3,000 or more people trying to purchase those 100 or so, but it's the best we could do, especially with winter. So hopefully we'll be able to grow a little bit more. We will have a little bit of a gap with Gabby again after that. Um, as we wait for the second production batch that was planted uh, about two weeks ago or so by myself. Um, that batch should be ready probably towards the end of March. So in most plants that we grow, especially plants that we grow from cuttings, we tend to have batches planted every six to eight weeks or so. Um, gives enough time for the parent plant to um, 
produce more cuttings. As far as how often we actually trim parents, it depends on the species. Our goal is to trim them once about every three months. So we're actually kind of rotating through different selections of stock plants with each batch that we do. So that we always have the ability to have some extra cuttings if an, another batch had an issue and we need to, re, you know, plant replacements to keep our uh, numbers up to date. But how we do it lets us have an ongoing basis. So unlike a lot of other shops or um, that rely on the growing schedules of growers in Central Florida, the unique thing about where we've always been unique is we do get to control you know, what we grow within the bounds of Mother Nature and the, the plant cooperating with that growth. But um, it allows us to pivot a lot quicker than a lot of people do. So we're obviously putting huge focus on Rio and Gabby. Gabby will be pretty sparse throughout the year. We I already said in the, our Facebook behind the scenes group for Gabriella Plants at one point that I would project that we will sell less Gabbies this year than we will Pink Princesses. Um, just as a matter of how slow they are and how many we can realistically grow. So that's the answer for Gabby, um, probably end of March or so. And then uh, Rio, we have... A new batch that is, we will have some uh, Wednesday the 10th, and we will probably have some for the t week or two following that, and then that will follow the same kind of pattern, where we will have a, a gap before the next production batch is ready, and then with each production batch, we tend to split that batch out over about two weeks, which gives us the ability to... Uh, Make sure that it's, if somebody was out of town or had to miss one Wednesday update that they wouldn't have to wait again uh, for several months. So hopefully that answers that question of when about Rio and Gabby. Next up, uh, the question was asked in our Instagram, ask me anything. Is it true that Pink Princess prices will go down? Short answer, yeah, absolutely. Um, part of any market is supply and demand. And when you have a lot of people who are after the same thing, the price naturally goes up. And the people that shouldn't be faulted for the most part are growers, because at least they're putting in the effort of actually growing the plant. Uh, ultimately, a lot of the price um, going up is done because of how scarce the item is in general, the incentive for somebody to purchase it as an investment, but not as a passionate plant person. Uh, is begins to really compete with the people who really want it for the sake of it being a plant. We have that problem with Pink Princess, with Rio, with Gabby, of we want to tell our customers when we're going to have more and everything else, and we want to keep prices real low. I would love that. Um, but we also know that the lower we price things like that, when the market still supports somebody being able to purchase it as an investment, we're really just disadvantaging our customers by allowing several thousands and of people to try to get the same thing. And in those circumstances, uh, the people who tend to get them aren't people who tend to add them to their collection. So price is always, at least for Gabriella Plants, we are behind that. We are no means trying to match market price, but we do realize that prices have to go up and down in order to basically survive. Um, that being said, Pink Princesses, when we first came on the scene, there's a Wired article out there. We used to sell them um, for much lower than what we do now. And I said at the time of those interviews that 
as soon as the demand starts to go down. Don't get me wrong, Gabriella plants will always be producing beautiful pink princesses, but I'm already ready to keep dropping the prices. We have done that already. We're cheaper than most places online in that now, which is surprising, um, mainly because other places have gone up further than we ever went. So it will continue to go down, but long answer is what you just heard. Short answer, will it go down? Absolutely. Everything that goes up must come down. Um, next question, kind of a kind of a tag on question to that, really. Uh, how do you keep up with trends? Um, was the question. The answer, making this one real brief, you don't. Um, growers are always going to have a lag between what is trending and what they can grow or purchase on the open market. Most of the time, the things that begin to trend in fashion, in uh, just, you know, culture, online, on the internet, are typically things that aren't ready for that much demand. Um, And a lot of times the trends otherwise are forced because brands are kind of like pushing a particular, you know, uh, device that they they have in their inventory or whatever. So with plants, though, you have the lag time of not only if you had, say, 10 of these plants that all of a sudden are really, really, you know, popular again, you're on the on one end, you're just going to have to, there's going to be a lot of time and a lag associated just with taking 10 and turning 10 into 20 and propagating and growing more and more. That process in and of itself takes time. The other thing that takes time is anything better than that. Um, That process of going from 10 to 20 is most of what myself, uh, even Brett do in our spare time. We try to take plants that we have in our own collection and either, you know, in Brett's case, hybridize them potentially. In my case, continue to propagate. So I went from one Monstera cutting to several. um, And that's always the goal. But in order to actually bring a plant to market and have enough plants, um, when you bring a new plant on the market, you know, there's going to be a lot of demand. A lot of people want that plant. So um, if you're waiting to have a commercial amount of inventory ready to release, that also adds additional lag time. So the cool thing about the internet is there's more ways to connect with smaller independent growers that are willing to take the 10 they had at the end of the year have 40 and they're willing to part with 15 you know that those people are going to exist but the commercial industry and seeing something show up at Lowe's at the minimum is going to be 18 months behind what is the trending of the month or the quarter just because of how long plants take to grow. So how do we keep up with trends? We don't. We just try to grow a lot of plants that we find really, really cool. And we hope that you guys do too. It's kind of that simple. I mean, we do look at like Google Analytics and things on different search results. But we realize that even keeping our ear to the ground on what's popular or what's being searched about online, it really doesn't impact us. If we don't have those plants to begin to propagate uh, and there's clearly... By the time it's become popular, probably the only place to find them is going to be eBay or something like that, right? Any other grower we could have reached out for if we knew ahead of time, it's probably already sold most of the ones that he had ready to go. So kind of puts us in a bind where even if we did 
know the super hot thing of the moment, it's most of the time out of the scope of what we could reasonably accomplish within, you know, six months for sure. So it always is on the back of our radar, but no, we don't keep up with trends. All right, I'll try to be a little bit more uh, brief. We got a few more questions to go. Uh, next question was, uh, what is Shane's favorite plant of all time? Uh, hands down, Rio, Philodendron Rio. It's unique. Uh, it's something our family takes great pride in. And um, it's a lesson that the little guys and putting in the effort to selectively cultivate and stuff, it's now a very popular plant. And who would have thought that something, you know, that dad and I just had on a bench and kind of were always working on, but also had no idea how to do, uh, how to bring it to market in any considerable way. So it's been so cool that not only has that always been my favorite plant, even more so than Pink Princess, although I'm more, you know, Gabriella is more well known for Pink Princess in some senses, right? But Rio has always been hands down my favorite. So that's an easy question. Uh, next question, do you sell Monstera elbows? That is a question we get asked a lot because I do tend to share some clips and things of my Monstera elbows. So a little bit of a backstory that actually has a connection to the podcast. Um, as mentioned at the top of the podcast, uh, Georgia Wilson, who just released that new Pink Princess book. At the time, I didn't really know her, but she had a cutting, a single leaf cutting with a single node. Um, of a Monstera Albo, and I purchased it in, I think, November of 2018. So that was still at the moment where we didn't even have our website yet. All I had was an Etsy store, and I'd kind of started to, you know, be added to different Facebook groups, and I happened to see this one come across. I'm like, yeah, that you know, that's a really popular plant right now. And also, you know, I would love to have a challenge or something like that. It just, uh, the the challenge side of being a grower is sometimes... Um, what I like most just because I love problem solving. It's who I am as Shane, right? But um, that all to say, do we sell them? No. I took that one cutting, um, which would now be what, two years old or so? And I now have, I think, a total of six different plants, um, including cereal number two or plant number two, which is the first tip cutting I took and planted in a different pot, which was the same Monstera that is now taller than me. It's about seven foot tall. Um, it has, I believe, 14 leaves on it, and its stem is thicker than my forearm, which I'm fairly skinny, so that's not saying a whole lot, but um, it's a really serious deal. And also, it's now kind of gotten to the point where like, how do you even propagate that? Because if I trim it, any pot that's not like huge is going to tip over because the leaf is going to weigh too much. I don't know. It's going to be a whole challenge. I'll get Brett's help on it. But that to say, do we sell them? No. Unfortunately, that is one of the very few species that um, I personally had purchased. And if I ever did sell any, I would probably uh, like eBay it on a personal eBay and then donate the proceeds or something. Uh, I think that could be a really cool thing to do, but also we could only produce six a year. So I'm not trying to um, tell people that we're growing them in any serious capacity because that would be a lie and I don't want to get people's hopes up. So we do have some around the nursery, um, but they're not for sale and it's not something we see in the near future. So hopefully that's a good enough answer for that. Next question. This is a good one. Uh, are you all hiring? Yes, we are hiring. Uh, we would love to have more people join our team. 
Uh, we're now 26 people strong at Gabriella operating in two locations. And we are looking for a shipping manager. We're also looking for customer uh, additional customer care team member handling our customer service emails and doing some of our uh, like customer communication emails and things like that. So if you're interested in either of those positions, or I think we have kind of like an open, if you're ever interested in our greenhouse positions, uh, you should be able to find all that information. I'll put it in the link. I'll put the link in the show notes, but you should be able to find all that information at careers.gabriellaplants.com. Let's go back to, okay, this is a good one. Who is Gabriella? All right, so this is uh, one we get a lot, but obviously the name of the business is Gabriella Plants. Um, our wholesale and nursery businesses, uh, or our nursery license and business is technically, Gabriella Plants is a registered brand. Uh, Gabriella Growers was my dad's wholesale business. Um, and before that, my grandpa's business on the same property, since I'm third generation ag, his business was called uh, Gabriella Grows Gerber Daisies and something else. I can't remember the other part, but uh, either way, it always used the name Gabriella. So where did it come from? Gabriella is just our street name. I know we're not super original or anything. It's not my grandma's name. It was just the street at uh, on which at the time that they bought it, the property in the 70, early 70s, uh, that was just a dirt road. And they kind of had like a one like outhouse concrete shack building uh, on the property. And that's where grandpa started to plant the trees, build the greenhouses, build his house, uh, ultimately launching his retail store nearby, uh, the backyard, which did uh, all kinds of plants as well as grills and different things you would need for your backyard. So um, my family means a lot to me. In fact, I purchased where I'm recording this podcast at my house, which is only five driveways away from our growing location uh, or the original Gabriella property. So uh, that's where Gabriella came from. It's the name and I, uh, name of the road we're on. And the name of the road was named after, I believe, the wife of the person who first kind of set up a post office shack uh, nearby on the train tracks that went from downtown Orlando to the Space Coast. So somewhere along the line, there was kind of a um, post office somewhere nearby our street. And when they were kind of settling this area, it got the name Gabriella. So it's family related, but not to our family here at Gabriella Plants. Okay, so we'll do Two more questions real quick. One, will you ever do a wait list? Now, this is a question we get asked quite a bit. The short answer is no, and here's why. Uh, earlier in this podcast, I talked about the fact that it's very hard for us to want to, uh, it's very hard for us to decide what pricing and also how much to tell or to share photos of on social media when we have some of our more uncommon plants that we know the demand over, you know, exceeds the supply that we have. Um, wait lists is one of the most common things that people suggest as a potential way to solve it. Um, for those of you who haven't been with us since the very beginning, back in 2019, we had a wait list for Silver Swords and for Pink Princesses at the time. And I began to get a little bit more depressed. And um, I honestly want people to know that I always 
care about everyone and that I want to do the best I can to continue to make myself better so that I can push the people around me to be better. Um, and in that, we had this wait list for Pink Princesses that was by the week gaining months worth of additional wait time. Um, by the time we officially turned off the way to join the list, there if everyone on that list had purchased one at that time, it would have taken us about two, two and a half years to complete. And that was way before COVID. That was in 2019 when we were very, very small and shipping 600 plants a week, um, which at our peak last year, we shipped that number per day. Um, so that was way back then and the demand was already causing that problem. And I felt really bad because I didn't feel right telling somebody like, hey, thanks for joining the list. You know, we'll keep you updated with emails from time to time on how we're doing on our progress. But, you know, roughly speaking, you got two years I, like that email just didn't sit right with me. So we ended up closing it. Uh, we actually ended up offering people because I also didn't feel bad. I would have felt very bad just saying, well, we closed the wait list. We'll post on you know our website when we have more and just dismissed it. Um, I didn't feel like that was right to the people who had at that point read month to month updates about um, you know we're still working towards growing more. And so we just opted to uh, kind of pitched it to the behind the scenes Facebook group. and then we basically opted to just go ahead and allow people to pre-order the plant at the time if they were okay with waiting until we had them all done. And I knew that not everyone would take that, but at least that was an offer to rectify the waitlist and to give people an option to do it. Um, that worked, but that same, I tell that story just to say, again, that was in 2019. If we opened up tonight a waitlist for Rio or a waitlist for Gabby, that waitlist would get to the point of two or more years worth of production capabilities probably within a week. And I don't know how best to do that and do it sincerely. And I don't know, and I struggle with finding ways that that would bring overall value and better the customer experience in any way. So it's hard to say all that. I hope you guys can tell the kind of breath of my honesty. I've always liked to be this. Um, if you've ever gone back and watched any of the Facebook behind the scenes uh, videos I've done, the live streams there, there's a few live streams on YouTube um, as well. This is what I do. I, I'm, I try to make the best decisions I possibly can. The team at Gabriella is Gabriella. I am lucky enough to represent them and lead them, and I hope to do that well. And I have no problem um, explaining and defending uh, the decisions that we have to make to try to, you know, we're not going to make every decision perfect, but there are times where we need to make decisions um, and we got to make a decision one way or the other. So um, always willing to explain our rationale behind anything we do. Uh, that being said, okay, this one, uh, we'll, we'll end on this one. There's a whole other one of how did you start your nursery, which I feel like I would love to answer that question. That would also take a whole podcast just to do on its own. But um, we'll go ahead and end with this question. So the last question, this came from our Instagram, Ask Me Anything. Uh, it says, will you ever make another podcast, one that features more of the Gabriella plants behind the scenes? Well, 
good news for you. This one is a little bit more of that. Uh, but to short answer, yes, actually. We've been talking about, uh, me, Zach, our, our media director at Gabriel Plants, have been talking about producing a separately named podcast um, dedicated to telling and sharing the stories and perspectives of the team members, every single one of them, if they'll do it. I don't know how many of them want to be on a podcast, but I, you know, there's so many people who have been, who have put their faith in me and in the company and worked to make the company better for a very long time now. And they've got to see a lot of change. At one point, we worked out of 300 square feet. We now are separated into two different locations and have plenty of space um, and equipment we had previously only really dreamed of having. And uh, I think it'd be really cool to see their perspective on our growth and also get to ask them the fun questions of what's your favorite plant? What's your most embarrassing plant story? I think that would all be fun. I don't know if we'll do that as a mini episode within this podcast feed um, or if we would branch out and start a, a separate Gabriella Plants behind the scenes podcast or something. But if you have any comments about that, feel free to shoot me an email. I'd love to hear what you'd love to hear more of. You can reach out to me at shane at gabriellaplants.com. You can also reach out to podcast at everyplantstory.com. And I would love to hear your thoughts about all that. Um, last thing, uh, I'm going to throw this in as a bonus. At that green thumb asked in this Ask Me Anything, I want to be a grower, but I don't know where to start, and it seems like a gamble. Any advice? Whoo, good question. Um, best advice I actually have for you. Start growing, because the only way you learn lessons is by growing. Um, and if that is taking two plants you have and experimenting in your house, getting a little, you know, mini indoor greenhouse or uh, renovating one of those Ikea shelves like a lot of people are doing right now. So you have like a mini indoor greenhouse and you want to try to take those two plants you have and turn them into five. That's step one. Uh, going back to the Georgia Wilson uh, episode of this podcast, um, the whole goal for Dr. Crow and in that quote uh, was propagate as many plants as you can and share them with as many people as you can. Um, that kind of messaging and theme is what should drive you as a grower. Nothing more, nothing less. Just keep growing. That being said, I would offer two as far as not knowing where to start. Start with the plant that you wish you had two of. If you have one, try to make it two. That's always a good first step. The other thing to do is I don't know where you live, uh, obviously, where you live surprisingly plays a huge part of kind of the calculus of this because commercial growing is done in California and F Florida for a reason. Um, the cost effectiveness of heating a large amount of space for a, a traditional, you know, commercial growing operation is certainly more affordable down here. So it's, all, you know, put into perspective what you want. If you want it to be, if you want to be a grower as a career path, I would say, Certainly start doing what you can and also start, yeah, start talking to local nurseries, start um, seeing where you can uh, step in and help volunteer. The other place to go look um, if you are serious, serious about um, becoming legal in what you're doing by uh, propagating plants in your house and, and selling them maybe through Facebook or something like that, uh, you certainly don't want to be doing that 
over any certain threshold or shipping them into particular states unless you have talked to your Department of Agriculture in your specific state. So I always recommend that as kind of a first step for people who want to start getting uh, they want to start crossing the line over into the more commercial side of things. Um, and I say that for two things. One, it's very important to know what the rules and regulations of your state is. Now, keep in mind, the Department of Agriculture most of the time does not know what city you live in's rules on how high a greenhouse can be in your backyard. You know, they're not going to have an answer to everything. But what they are going to be a resource for is if there is anyone else nearby, small scale, large scale, um, that is doing relevant agricultural production or growing foliage plants nearby, um, that agriculture inspector probably goes and inspects that greenhouse too. So they can sometimes be a great resource in being able to kind of identify what other uh, growers or suppliers are in the area because t they tend to have the time uh, to do those nursery visits and um talk to all those different people. So they can be a wonderful resource as far as what's going on and tips and tricks for your particular locale. And with that, guys, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of the Every Plant Story podcast. You can read more about the links that I referenced in the bottom uh, of the show notes below. And otherwise, um, we're going to have guest, uh, special guests on next week's podcast. Appreciate you guys for listening to me just answer some of our Instagram Q&A. I hope it was fun. Uh, like I said, if you have any other questions, shoot them over to me at shane at gabrielleplants.com. And otherwise, we'll see you guys next week.